Hello, friends. It's time to drop the needle on another episode of Super Sonic Chat. This is the music podcast full of debate, joust, thought experiments, all in the name of entertainment. I am Adrian Warhope. And I'm Leon Leroux. Adrian, what have we got for the listeners this week? What is it that we're going to bring to our dear listeners? Because it isn't a conundrum and it isn't a provocation. What is it? It is a special treat. We have our first report from the field because, ladies and gentlemen, live music is back in Australia. And Leon, my esteemed yes. friend and colleague, and myself attended a live gig the other week. And we are going to report and tell you all the joy, tell you the interesting stuff, and just make general sonic chat about it. Sit back and enjoy. I Hopefully, you've been am, out to see some gigs soon. I don't, uh, recently, I don't know. I am absolutely pumped for this because it was number one so good to be back watching a gig and number two is a gear is a gig for a band that both you and i are bananas about we'll both to both bands we're bananas about <laughs> correct and and uh potentially you are more bananas about one and i am more yes. bananas about another and we both ex- uh we both were salivating over different <laughs> exactly things. exactly right it's it's too perfect yet we both like both Correct. Absolutely. It was excellent. So just to set the scene, two bands we love announced the gig at Sydney's Enmore Theatre. And so we went. The first band was Tropical Fuckstorm and the headline was King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard on their microtonal tour. It was awesome. Now, it was sold as a seated show with restrictions as per COVID regulations. So it was a seated, sit-down, mask-wearing show that we bought and yet, and we got good seats because I got in early. Yeah. But yeah. the week of the gig, things uh, opened up in Australia because we've got no community transmission and, you know, we're doing okay COVID-wise. Uh, apologies for the rest of the world if you're listening out there. Um, and, <laughs> yeah, we do feel we, for you. We're pretty lucky here. <laughs> we are very lucky because we went to a gig that was sold out and we were standing shoulder to shoulder with the general population exchanging sweat and treading on each other's toes <laughs> and breathing in the other blokes vapes like smoke. the good old days like the good old days and full credit to the theater because it was you know there was Absolutely. a swift check in there was a QR code they separated upstairs in the floor and it was generally done really well it i was thought was unreal and what a crowd as well oh my god everyone was so rad it was it, it was so good the first thing i got to say it was just so good being back amongst your people, the tribe, the, yeah. the, the the general gig going populace, people that were there that, you know, you, you don't know them, but you just love them because we're there having a good time in, in the I got so spirit. amped and excited when I saw that crowd standing on the floor and I'm like, oh, I'm getting in amongst that, man. Yep. <laughs> it was so exciting. Yeah, it was at great. least two years for me. Well, I had a cheeky gig a couple of weeks before uh, uh, at the Oxford Arts Factory in Sydney for my friend Donny Benet, not my personal oh, friend. Yeah. I wish he was my personal friend. Donny <laughs> Benet and the Donny Benet <laughs> yeah. Show Band put on a show at the Oxford Arts Factory, and it was, um, get this, standing, socially distanced, no dancing. So they had a guy oh, there shining how, a torch at oh, people. That would be so saying, hard. Too much dancing. Oh, that would be so hard. And we were it's trying to work out, to- well, what's too much dancing? Can you nod your head? <laughs> Do you shuffle your feet? Like what happens? If you flail a little bit too much outside your personal space, the, the torch would come out and he'd go, no, too much, too much dancing. But I bet, of course, you could go right up close to a mate's face and just talk to them like, you know, so you could be heard. Yeah, yeah. To you be know. honest, the Oxford Factory were very cool about it. They they let 
us enjoy ourselves. But yeah, that's great. Not that's to the great. point that the Enmore Theatre did because this was another yeah, level. This it was, was like the old unreal. Days. Yeah. So we were still buzzing. Like we tried to keep our powder dry. Often we don't talk about what we're going to do. We try and have this thing where we're going to keep our powder dry for the episode to keep it spontaneous and, and natural. But we went and had a couple of yeah, scoobies. Yeah, prepare individually, but don't discuss yes. it. We went and had a few beers at the uh, the good old townie at Newtown afterwards because we were frothing, absolutely frothing. So oh, man. We we're trying to recapture that <laughs> spirit. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, it, exactly. Because yeah, it was I was pretty much literally jumping up and down in my seat. Um, had I just had I had to talk about it. I had to. It was so good. Yeah, yeah. It was really good. Look, as you know, we are at different stages of life than some of the younger kids out there. You know, I had to come from football training. <laughs> I coach an AFL team, and I had to. It was time sensitive. I had to drop a kid off. I had to go home, get changed, race out, park the car, roll up, and I got in the lineup, walked in, hugged Leon. Um, vigorously, and we uh, got a beer, yes. walked in, had a chat, and then lights down. It was perfectly Bang. timed. Oh, man, it was absolutely impeccable, man. Absolutely impeccable. I, I had a similar experience. Where I got home, cooked the dinner for the family, ate the dinner with the family, got on the bus and went in, and, man, yeah, it couldn't have been better timed. It was like it was absolute serendipity. I mean, especially, like, the combination of the bands. Like, I reckon Tropical Fuckstorm is my favourite Australian band right now, and hands down Unreal. Um, King Gizzard and Lizard Wizard is your favourite Australian band right now. And it might even be my favourite band, full stop, and likewise with yours. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, yeah. We should we should introduce the band. So Tropical Fuckstorm, and apologies for the swear word because I, I've been telling some of the kids at footy that I coach that I went to see a band called Tropical F Storm, just trying to keep it real. But yes, they're called yes, Tropical yes. Fuckstorm. I think it's a great name and I think it suits the music perfectly. Um, do, do you want to intro the yeah, band? Yeah, well, totally because it's it- – Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a band with four members. The lead singer and, and guitarist is Gareth Lydiard, and he's best known from the Drones, um, along with uh, Fiona Kitchen, who's also from that band. And um, there's also a, a lady named uh, Lauren Hamill from High Tension, and uh, another one called Erica Dunn from um, a band called Palm Springs. And so they have like a, I would call it a noise aesthetic to it but at the same time like there's this wonderful blend between electronic sort of rock and punk sounds but then yeah then of course there's this absolutely highly recognizable vocals from Gareth Lydiard that come over the top and uh, there's this wonderful I think what's great about that band is there's this wonderful tension between really highly well arranged music that then just is always busting out and seeming like it's verging on total chaos and um it translated so well to live it's restrained anarchy live it that that concept translated incredibly well yeah i agree i had never seen them live and i've listened to their music but i couldn't pick out their 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 songs or their singles um and i described them thusly i said they were like a steampunk sonic youth oh yeah that's and, oh man that's so true <laughs> yeah 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 totally and i just and i thought they were like a mad max car cranking through the outback 
except their wheels aren't circles, they're hexagonal. Oh, man, yeah, just bouncing around and you're rattling stuff around. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Wow. Ready to go to cut loose. It's chaotic. It's frenetic. It's it's noise. They are a noise rock, experimental rock band. Um, yeah. I, a couple of things I really liked. Like I hadn't felt that power and that energy in a live setting for for. Uh, so long and it was it just walloped me in the chest when they yeah. hit and they came out the drumming from high tension drummer high tension a great metal band um yeah, with yeah, a fantastic totally. lead singer um from melbourne but the drummer was just unreal like she's the heartbeat of that band it's yeah. it's like uh it's just keeps it driving totally Yeah, but it was great. And, and the light and shade. So Gareth Lydiard is this loose, laconic, sort of, um, you know, loush kind of um, individual uh, who is just stumbling and staggering and shouting and ranting 100%. and playing guitar. Um, the bass player who also sings would yeah. have this sort of nice female aesthetic. So this is like this light and shade. Uh, and then the other guitar synth player was going crazy. Yeah. Then there's two female vocalists and there's that, yeah. there's this really like um, unbridled, almost not rage. It's like something, something like restrained rage coming from, from Lydiard. Yep. And then there's this actually, lovely sound from the female vocalist that that then offsets that and balances it completely out it's so good You can sort of hear all that in the in the recordings, but there's so much more that can come out in a live set. What really struck me is um, how extremely loose the vocals are in relation to the music compared with the recordings. There's there's so much like sometimes like a quarter or a half bar completely different timing in relation to the music. He'll like let it lag just a little bit and then hurry it up a little bit and then let it lag back again. And then thinking he's you think he's not going to say the line, then just does it and it's incredible. Like there was there's one song which one of my favorite songs called Antimatter Animals. And it was so, so, so recognizable in that song where, where he was just just holding back and pushing out and, and just letting the feel of the song guide the, the singing. Yeah. 
just it was amazing and I sort of always imagine that because just unfortunate life circumstances has prevented me from seeing this band twice before and on two separate occasions I was denied seeing them live and so this time around it was um it was super fortunate to um to have seen them right I always imagined that this was what it would be like but it, it totally 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 is and I think given COVID and also the popularity of the band, it was full. The venue was full yeah. for the support act. So it yeah. was the crowd was moving, yeah. the crowd was heaving, the crowd was getting into it. There were a couple of people there who were shouting along and obviously were there yeah. as much for, for Tropical Foxstorm as, as for Giz. Totally. Um, it was I was I loved it. It was it was great. Yeah, yeah. Really good. Did you notice that the other the other female singer and the other female guitarist or whatever she's kind of in this 80s aesthetic outfit like short yeah. kind of leather skirt and stuff and yeah. she was kind of throwing shapes and dancing like doing yeah. some like not ymca totally. but you know what i mean she's throwing shapes with her hands and uh, and it was so oh you know she, in contrast she was spelling out words to the lead singer and the noise yeah, to- yeah that's totally true she was set, set spelling out words yeah yeah she's spelling out letters yeah um, like, um, because there's a line that says, um, FYI, a POV don't make an NGO, and she spelled that out with her arms. Okay, I didn't catch the lyrics, but I knew it was something, yeah. and I was yeah. like, this is cool. So it's not just like it was this. Cool grungy noise band there it was lots going on it was very very cool and um what it was yep. a, a song called um, rubber bullies and it was this this song just it rocked me emotionally like i was just uh, overcome completely overcome because it's actually like a fairly like low tempo kind of song that it's like it's pretty great on the on the recording but in this live set it just continued to build and build and build and build and i'm like oh my god there's more to come and i just began and 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 as it kept continuing to build in intensity and in frantic energy um it became it all it just became too much for me wow yeah right it was too much i was like really overcome with that particular song Yeah, brilliant. Uh, did yeah. they play? I had them down for five songs. Did they play five or six? Because no, they're no, quite. No, they, they played quite. They played played more, a few more than that. I'm sure they played Antimatter Animals. They played Two Afternoons. They played a lot from their first um, their first album. Actually, I mean, it was like forty minutes. I felt like it was super short, and I and I was kind of like, oh, come on, more. And but yeah, I totally also totally get it. It was the perfect support act because uh, set because it kind of delivered, it impacted you, and it left you wanting a little bit more. You know? Yeah, so true. But I also really love how um, the and we'll talk about this a bit more in a second, I'm sure. But how there was like this almost unrestrained and yeah, just like we were saying, chaotic element to to Tropical Fuckstorm, But then that was actually completely also balanced out by the incredible tightness and metronomic kind of togetherness of King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. And it's not to say that Tropical, Tropical Foxstorm aren't tight. They're tight as hell, but because they're controlling their noise. And that's what I love about it is this, this, this chaos that is like, it's like an explosion that has been bottled up somehow. Yeah. 
and, and yeah, then that that looseness of the vocals over the top of it all is, I think, in total contrast to um, Giz, except the sounds somehow work together. Yeah, yeah, they're of that um, proto prog noise experimental garage guitar noise kind of element era band scene yeah. that's so yeah. they're, they're different ends of the spectrum but they're in the same universe definitely yeah that's so uh, we true, should yeah. so the, the lights came on after tropical fuck storm and uh and you know we went out for a beer and we were just we were pumped to be in a in a live venue amongst punters yeah. getting bumped and jostled and yeah. uh it was it was really really cool um before we jump into giz i have um a little gig etiquette conundrum for you oh yes so, so interestingly, I remembered uh, what it's like to be in a live gig. There was some uh, a group of twenty somethings in front of us, and yes. uh, during Giz, the lights were down and they were taking selfies uh, in front of us. That's cool. So <laughs> yeah. they're not taking photos yeah. of the band; they're taking selfies. They're all grouped together, four or five grouped together. Fingers are up. You know, they're pouting. It's kind of a mix of, of of male and female, and it was fine. Their flash was on. So they're mm-hmm. facing to the stage, taking selfies, the flash, and we're right behind them. Flash is going right in our eyes. And maybe they took four or five or six selfies and they're looking at the photos and all of that. Yep. And then they went again. And when you, uh, at one stage, you put your your um, hand up to sort of stop it blocking your eyes or yeah, yeah. Um, it, kept, you. it was sort of dazzling me and like I couldn't see things properly. Like I could only see this kind of light in, the, in my peripheral vision. Yep. And, and I couldn't really see the stage anymore. And I guess... It's not even a question because my response was to tell them to turn the flash off. So I <laughs> feeling like an old grumpy man. I did. And I guess this yeah, is the question. I so did. I grabbed one guy on the shoulder and went, Hey mate, turn your flash off. And then he kind of didn't hear me and they took another one. So then I grabbed him again and just went, Hey mate, turn your flash off. And his friend yeah. made that cutting gesture across their neck. Like guys, stop, you know, stop the old guys getting cranky. And uh, I was like, <laughs> no, no, it's just cool. Like have a bit, you know, in my head, I'm thinking have, have some photos, but seriously guys, like, come on. So anyway, yeah, yeah. my, so my like- gig etiquette conundrum is, Am I getting old? No, look, I don't think so. Like I'd had little disagreements with people at, at concerts before I've been a guy headbutted me at Mr. Bungle one time. And I don't know why, actually. I don't even know what I did that that annoyed him so much. But he, he was headbutting me. But I was so much into the band that I actually didn't notice. And a guy had to tell me, oh, yeah, he was headbutting you. And I was like, oh, is that what that was? You did have a big hair helmet at the time of dreads, if I yeah, remember correctly. Yeah, that's true. That is there, yeah. No, that is true, actually. That probably helped a lot. But, no, I think that you, there's got to be a, a good bunch of etiquette. And I thought that, like, the crowd was actually... By and it was large, so good. super, super cool and awesome. And like people were really, really considerate of each other and everything like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just bloody hell, if someone's pissing you off, you've got to tell them. In a ni- I did it in a nice way. I, and I, I realized afterwards, I was talking to my wife about us and I said, Oh yeah, it's probably because I'd just come from coaching, you know, 15, 11 year old boys in AFL that I was in that coach mode and I was like, all right, mate, we're here to see the band. Time to turn the flash off. Let's focus and let's get it done. Come on. That was my kind of say, that's coach kind of, I mean, mode. That's kind of like same as talking in, in a gig as well. Don't just, like, yeah. just, I mean, if you've got something cool to say that you can't hold back from a mate, great, but don't have a great big conversation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's etiquette, etiquette. You're talking during a film. Yeah, right. But I like hooting. I like yelling. I like singing. Yeah, I like dancing 100%. at a gig. Yeah. But Engaging there, with yeah, the music. But the old combo. Yeah. Nah. Um, and we did a bunch of that. King, uh, the lights came down. We ran in from from out uh, having a beer and a chat in from the foyer and uh, and Giz came on. Now, the great thing about that I love about King Gizzard is 
there's no pretense. There's no ego. No. There's no superstar front man. No. And the band was actually coming out and helping set up with the roadies. Yes. And oh, as they came yeah, out, people so would good. cheer. And the, the one of the guitarists names Joey and everyone's like, Joey, Joey, chanting. <laughs> and they all came out. It's no, no pretense, no ego. I really liked it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just some dudes great. who, and you, and you just get the full sense when they're playing that they just bloody love it. There is, they're having yep. so much fun. And you know how, like, and I always loved how gears in their songs, they go, woo, or like that throughout their music. Yeah. And it, it occurred to me as I was watching them because there was a few woos that actually aren't in recordings that they did. And I was like, they're just doing it because they're, they're just going woo because they're having a really freaking amazing time. They're just going, yep. woo, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think so. They were having a time. It's I think they like- were stoked to be out. I think this tour was supposed to be last year and it was cancelled or yeah. delayed. I think they were pumped to be. They're Melbourne yeah. guys. They're it's up like in Sydney. They're, they're not just doing it. They're not just doing it as a gimmick. Like our thing is to say woo. They're going, woo, this is great. Yeah. And, yep. and Yeah, for yeah, sure. It was, and it just sort of really, it added to it. And it almost seemed like a lot of those little interjections were just spontaneous, like just enjoying the moment things. Yep. We should set the scene. So King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, prolific Melbourne band. I'm a big fan. They have 19 studio albums, numerous live <laughs> albums, both official and bootleg and official bootleg. They have demos <laughs> and um, EPs and all sorts of stuff. I'm a big fan. Um, I've seen them once before on their Infest the Rat's Nest tour where I had an industry pass and watched them from the top of the roundhouse at Union of New South Wales. Oh, uh, just in a nice, man. free, easy, not not down with the populace. This gig was m- so good because we were right in the thick of it, yeah. about 10 Fantastic. meters in front of the sound desk, 20 from the stage. It was unreal. Look, having said that, though, you're six foot five and I'm five foot six. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> we, we have like slightly different experiences of what it's like being in the thick of it, but I still... If it, if I had my choice, I'm in the thick of it, man. Yes, uh, absolutely. You want to be right there. And I think we got good. You were you were having a good view. It was it was fine. Oh, actually, actually, that's what I mean. Like everybody was super considerate. One dude actually one time stood in front of me. He looked back and he went, "Oh, sorry, mate." I went, "Oh, wow." He did. Yeah. And he and he moved on. He, he, he just moved great. slightly to the side, and I was like, "Oh, yep. man." I don't think I've ever had that at a gig before. No, nah, it was good. It was very yeah. good. Now, at the start the on the projections, so King Gizzard, prolific band. And the great thing is that being a prolific band, they're not just here to play their last uh, new album and then their hits. So they've got a universe that they can select from all these albums that have different themes and textures. So they, mm. specifically on this tour, were playing from the galaxy of microtonal albums, which is the recent KG album, the follow-up LW album, and from t- uh, 2017, the Flying Microtonal Banana album. And there's a smattering of other stuff um, in on other albums that they use microtonal instruments for. So they came out um, on the, uh, so we were ready to hear microtonal songs. One of their big songs is Rattlesnake. Yeah. Um, and on their projection, they had this big rattlesnake warming up and going on. So I expected the opening track to be Rattlesnake. Yeah. And it wasn't. Yeah. It was it, and they didn't even play Rattlesnake the whole night. So it no. was like a worm just digging in my brain going, is this Rattlesnake? Is this I know, rattlesnake? I know. I felt um, the same it thing. It spun me out. Yeah, it's great. And it almost that almost seemed like that they were just going and deciding what they were going to play, like kind of just before they wandered on, like just as a band, hey, let's do this one. Hey, let's do that one. You know, and, and it was just kind of really yep. cool. It almost felt like the song choices were just decided on the spot almost. On this tour, all the set lists have been different. 
some overlap, but they've just got right. so many songs that you could go to every gig and have new experience. So on this tour, on this show, they played two songs from their psychedelic jazz album called Sketches of Brunswick East. And uh-huh. uh, that uh, it spun me out. I was like, what, what are they playing that for? And, and it fit in. And um, I don't yeah. think they played much of that yeah. previous gigs on this tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's And it sort of felt like each of the songs just so naturally kind of went from one to the next. It, it was just a really great trajectory of songs. It, it just took you on a journey, I thought. Yeah. The setup is six members. So it's like a six-headed serpent that slithers out onto the <laughs> stage. And none of them really take the lead. Yeah, what a concentration of talent because – one guy will be singing and then the next minute another guy will be singing and and then the next minute one guy will be talking to the audience and then another guy will be singing and and then and, and just so much going on on the stage and like you know how sometimes you go to, to a band and you just look at one guy yeah because he's clearly like the brains of the operation or the or the the, the, the focal uh, point this there was none of that like I found myself staring at the drama sometimes sometimes I found myself staring just off to the right or to the left or the center or it just it was awesome. It was a really weirdly different experience to seeing most other bands. Yeah. They're, they're a real conglomerate or a real a cooperative kind of the way they operate. So Stu, the lead singer, we call him lead singer. He sang most of the songs, but then yeah. um, Joey, the other guitarist, writes the songs and sings some. Ambrose, Kenny Smith, the um, harmonica player and keyboard player, um, sings some. And then he's strapped on a guitar for one song. Yeah. Um, you know, That's what I mean, like concentration of talent, man. Like it's, it's awesome. Yep. Multi, and, and four, has, four of them are multi-instrumentalists. Lost, yeah, right. And, and they lost a drummer at, recently. And this dude, man, he just, I wouldn't say that it feels like it's no different because it does sound different. But, man, this dude can get some grooves and just get some weird little polyrhythms happening and keeps it so interesting. Yeah, brilliant calves, brilliant, brilliant drummer. It was so good. And at one stage, busts out into the full drum solo in one of the songs from yes. sketches from Brunswick East called um, the book, the book or D day. One of those two, he busts out this big drum solo. It was insane. Like, was. like three minute, four minute, just powering in the good old drum solo, but it was like, had a bubbling groove. Everyone was it getting sure into did. it. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was a wonderful drum solo. And in fact, there was just so many moments like that, like, there's one bit where the keyboards and the microtonal banana were like kind of doing this double thing in the groove of a song. And I was just going, man, this is just like what really struck me. It struck me before on the, on the studio recordings, but live, it just struck me as, as to how much is going on in those songs. There is so much going on. There is two, sometimes two keyboard parts two guitar parts, bass and drums. And where we were standing, the sound, I must say, the sound was so good. I could individuate between each of the different instruments very clearly. It was the sound really good sound, in the really tight. always awesome. I've never been to a gig where the sound was bad at the end more. No, I would, I would agree. So I guess King Giz, right? So this, you know, some of the songs were a bit funk. Some of them are a bit jazz fusion. There was some proto doom metal. A lot of them have this Eastern bizarre type beats um, yeah. going on that the song they started with, it actually starts, it's called If Not Now Then When. It starts with this big kind of row, this big um, swelling of, of, of symbols and, and noise. And then it yeah. pulls back. So everyone, when they came out, lights down, everyone's going crazy. They start with this big row. Yeah, it starts large.
then it just sort of sucks back into the and funky then sucks groove. back into this little tight funky groove and everyone's head was just bopping away and it oh, was this no, tight restrained falsetto vocal it was so good Into that's life. what's really cool about that as well. What's really cool about that as well is, is that's the first song on LW, which makes it makes you think that they're just going to go straight through and just do that. But then they totally didn't. Mixed bag, mixed it right up. You know, Odd yeah. Life. Um, Ambrose has this weird kind of rap bit, like this this staccato vocal delivery. Um, yeah. And then the third song's called Nuclear Fusion. Now on the recording, they have this weird slowed down affected vocal just going nuclear fusion. But at the start of this one, they started and then Stu looked around and said, oh, we've been mucking around a bit. Or Joey was, I think it was looking around and go, we muck around on tour. We're keeping interesting. I just surprised one of the members and they do that bit. And he picked Ambrose who does this shrill, shrieking nuclear fusion. Yeah, because he's got a really, really totally different sounding voice. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, so great, man. It was great. See, the other guys were a bit more important to my side So, um... I'm going to have a guest feature artist on, you know, the next part. And I reckon it's going to be, um... I think it's going to be, uh, Ambrose, Kenny Smith, he's going to, he's going to say... Yeah. 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 just boost him up, give him a bass, you know, and he doesn't have the tension and stuff, so... He needs to be a you know what I mean, buddy? Just give me the blues, bro. things that also really struck me because you know like I, I i'm a big listener of music as well you know but not a big researcher of music and sometimes i like uh, and if there's a real question on my mind I'll, I'll go and read something about like if i just can't shake something but usually i just try and hear it like i just try and listen it out and try and answer my own questions by just listening a lot and um i just always assumed like up until our um, interesting instruments instruments episode, throwback to that episode, that yeah. um, that microtonal banana was just a guitar that they chose to keep tuned differently, and it just struck me how many more frets are on that damn thing. There's so many more frets on it. It looks so crowded on the neck of that guitar, yeah. and it struck me as that it it would be like learning to play that thing would be like learning a totally new instrument. Yeah, I think they enjoyed the challenge. And it's not just that instrument. They each have different microtonal instruments. So the bass player has this bespoke five-string microtonal bass yeah. they made. It's yeah. just, well, I, I, it's just what, insane. That was one of the things that struck me about that that um, guitar versus the keyboard thing is that the keyboard was also playing little microtones. And I'm going, well, hang on, hang on. 
and it was matching some of the sounds. And I was like, well, surely they didn't. What have they done there? And it just it was boggling my mind. I still didn't go research it or anything, but it was I, yeah, I don't know. To think about. Well, I have two thoughts on that. One, they use the pitch bend on the synth, or oh, that could be right. Or they just don't, and they let the they let the normal dissonance happen. Let the dissonance yeah. happen, and yeah. live it just is a big strange pot. Don't get to really revisit it and to really, really hear it over and over again to, to dissect it as much, in as much detail. But it did strike me that, that maybe, yeah, that they were trying to match the, the microtones because it did just sound so good together. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, on, on those recordings, it does sound like that maybe the dissonant, they're letting the dissonance happen, so I'm not sure. Yeah. Some things I love about Giz Live, you know, Krautrock has that bubbling, motoric, mechanical sort of drum beat that just continues. Like they yeah. have this non-stop bubbling groove across across all the songs it's just it's, it's, it's so kind impressive. of like i find it um almost hypnotic Yeah, there is an element of, of hypnosis and trance like draws you yeah, in, in that psychedelic sure. way. It's it's brilliant. They did mix up a couple uh, of time signatures and change some things. Um, the song yeah, Open yeah. Water, they came in with this double time thrash beat, which kind of made it yeah. fresh and exciting. And that was really yeah. good. You know, and, of so many of them too. Yeah. And then kind of halfway through the set, um, you know, they get to the song Straws in the Wind, which is the first song that Ambrose sings. So they make a big thing. They've kind yeah. of been through a bunch of songs. You just, your mind's melting, your face is exploding. Strike that and reverse <laughs> it. And yeah. Ambrose, they, they introduce Ambrose and everyone's like, yes, Ambrose is going to sing. So they get him out. He comes out to sing and he's a showman. He's probably the only one yeah, of the real sure showmen in the band that, you know. Yeah, true. He struts and he and he grooves. Yeah. 
he's a brilliant skateboarder, by the way, like a full-on oh, amazing, really? incredible skateboarder. But yeah, he gets out in front and he's he's in the crowd. His foot's up on the the fallback um, amp and he's in the crowd's face. And uh, I'm sure he's been crowd surfing at previous gigs, but there was um, a lot of call and response, which was great. Yeah. So yeah. he would be like uh, singing along, pointing to the crowd with the mic. And totally. while there, there was a big call and response right through that song, which Straws was in the so wind. good. It was Is it all awesome. Yes. good um you know and then we punch yeah, through awesome. and look it was a great gig um they finish as they as we get through it it was just a, a powerhouse non-stop the projections at the back were great did you see that there were two people filming one guy with a shoulder yes. mounted um film camera and another guy filming as well they do a lot mm, of who that knows. Um, maybe maybe that maybe they'll knows? um incorporate that somehow on a future video release or something There'll be some bootleg live free whatever thing that'll come out and hopefully you'll see my big melon standing I've up. always got something interesting happening. Yep, yeah. for sure. And uh, the, so I got to say Supreme Ascendancy and See Me at the end were two of my highlights. Ascendancy is just a great song. Ambrose sings that again, but that is just that everyone was just bouncing. Like it wasn't yeah. a mosh; it was just like bouncing and grooving along. Totally. So there were there were crowd surfers. I know there were, there were. people were crowd surfing. I haven't seen that for so long. Like <laughs> it feels mental. like a long, long, long time. Because you know we're yep. we're regular um, attendees at gigs, and it just feels yep. like it's been an eon since we've been to them. I think there were a lot of young frothers at at the Giz gig. There are a lot of young frothers that were just pumped and yeah. out and about and fresh to gears and seeing and they were crowd surfing and going mental yeah uh, it yeah. was it was great the last two songs they finished with the hungry wolf of fate is a slow doom sludge metal song and it's great yes and then the last song is called kglw uh-huh. <laughs> end of the two albums and the lyrics are pretty much kglw over and over So we're 
all chanting it's in unison. Wonderful. The tribe, the cult of Giz yeah. are in the house chanting <laughs> KGLW to this doom metal as they play for like an eight-minute outro with different yeah, it parts. Was epic, wasn't it? So epic. At the end, they uh, I've seen like live gigs and, and recordings of live gigs. Stu, the lights sort of, uh, they end and Stu just goes, thank you, thank you, thank you, bye, 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 thank you, thank you, thank you, love. They all kind of walk off and you're standing there and you're frothing yeah. and sweating and yeah. you're on a high. Yes. And what do you do? Yeah. You chant one, one more, more song. song. <laughs> one more song, one more song, one more song. They don't come out. No. They don't, come out. they don't do encores, but they. But as you said, yeah, you said they don't do encores. No, nah, they. I reckon we chanted for five minutes one more yeah, song for sure, and then they left the house lights down, and then the house lights came up, and we were like, no more songs. Yeah, yeah, and that was uh, it. I went, I went to a Primus gig many, many years ago, and they did two encores. Oh, and genuinely, if there is a genuine love and and for an encore, it's exciting, great, yeah, yeah. you know. But it's when the people are turning for the doors and they're like, "Oh, they're coming back." Okay, but no, Primus, I'll take two encores anytime, yeah, oh, any day man. of the week. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it was. Uh, but if you're gonna just 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 gonna go, that's it. See you later. Like it's how, that's how I exit parties. I'm like, yeah, bye, and that's it. <laughs> Done. There's no more popping back in going. Anyone? Last last there's drink? No, Any last there's no, oh, yes, oh, and we should catch together another time, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, <laughs> I am done. Goodbye. The best way to ghost if you, is go, I've just got to go check my parking, as in, you know, my parking meter, <laughs> and don't come back. No, I just vocalise it nice and loud. Goodbye. I am going. <laughs> I like it. Done. Cut. To the, yeah. but I'll tell you like, what. No encores. I, I kind of respect that, you know? Total respect. Yeah, and it's like. Because that was like that was like you said the bookend of the how they started was yep. the last one of of that particular album and it worked so well. It's like a starting with this first song and then we're going to play a bunch of other stuff and then we're ending with the last song. Yep, yep. And they only played from three. They did play from four, but the bulk was from their three microtonal albums. Yep. The lights came up. We, I think we stood there looking at each other, just going, wow, like for a couple of minutes. Um, and, it, and, and then I, for the doors. And then, I, then we just had to release the pressure valve of what we'd just seen. Absolutely. Do you know what we did do that I haven't always done? We made a beeline for the merch desk and we bought ourselves a, a T-shirt, didn't I we? Have not, I have not done that since I was a teenager. <laughs> and typically they were sold it over out of our sizes and we were so frothing <laughs> that we just bought the next one down, which is a little tight, but we're just going to make oh, it Actually, work. I think, I think on me, it'll be actually really good. Um, good. I think cause I was wearing it over the top of my other shirt. So I think it'll actually be really good, but yeah, I, I haven't bought a band shirt in 20 something years. I, I have not bought a band shirt in many years. Um, no, people have given me gifts of band shirts. Sorry, do you know what? I bought a I bought a band shirt at the last year's gig I went to in 2018. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> but now I got now I got more. But yeah, but that was great. It was great. The merch desk was heaving. They do limited edition um, prints, so they have a brilliant artist yeah, that they work yeah, with. Yeah. Jason Galea designs all their tour posters. And they always do hand numbered prints um, yep. of their tour posters that they yep. sell. Look, an edition of six hundred or something it had. Yeah, and the prices were like reasonable. That. We paid forty bucks for a t-shirt. It wasn't yeah. any uh, ninety dollar t-shirt or hundred eighty dollar hoodie or anything like that. It was. Yeah, yeah. It was all good, and um, we had a great time. And as we went out, we walked up the street and we went to the Town Hall Hotel in Newtown and drank beer, and it was a great night. Yeah, it was exceptional. And yeah, that concert has actually been sort of buzzing around like a bee in my mind all week. It's been it's been a week. Uh, and a day since we went there and it was absolutely, it's been sticking with me. I've been thinking about it every day since then. Yeah. Tell me, were your ears ringing the next day? No, mate. I've had my attenuating earplugs, you silly sausage. Oh, you are a smart, smarter <laughs> man than I. A smarter <laughs> man than I, I tell you. Uh, mine were ringing for a couple of days. It wasn't yeah. It wasn't too loud. I just uh, no, I no. got a... Yeah, but uh, it was it was awesome. It was such a good gig. What stuck with you? What stuck out? What were the one or two things that you that you left with just going that surprised me or that delighted me or that was awesome? Well, with Tropical Fuckstorm was what I mentioned before was how their vocal delivery was so loose compared to the recordings and how they were just in that moment feeling the song and feeling how that song is going to be and and changing it up just a little bit and then with um with giz it really was just about how they just work as such a unit not just one person driving it and it just super just super stuck out at me and and then also how Stu was holding that microtonal banana the whole time and playing songs that weren't written for that but playing it with that particular instrument and making it sound like the other the, like those ones that weren't written for that particular yeah. instrument and that was amazing how about you yeah. buddy uh that first impact of the live drum and bass from tropical fuck storm oh yeah we're, having it? having not seen like la- like live music for a long time was so exhilarating when and she was testing that kick drum hit you right yeah, in the baby. chest and i was like yeah. here we go and it reminded me that you can listen to music and you can watch live recordings on youtube nothing can replace the experience of feeling music and almost tasting yes. music in a live yes. experience Yes, it was yes, so good. Absolutely. And with with Giz, I am reminded that you know uh, uh, Stu loves conducting the changes with his yep and his uh, big foot yeah. stomp. He lifts his foot in the air and, and yeah. indicates that that's ready for the next change. But yeah. just the um, different Got sonic textures that they paint, the different sonic textures and and scapes that they paint as a yeah, band and all those different instruments are so tight and so nuanced and so interesting and compelling. I just. I just really love them as a band. I thought they were wonderful. And how they can take a song which um, they've written and already has a sound and just change up the sound and the feel of that song completely, like Open Water. Yeah. Yes. Ah, oh, so good. We'll have to post up some photos to the social so uh, you can see Definitely. a little bit of what we experienced. I would love to hear from you guys. What gigs have you gone to? What have you seen? What's the state of live music where you are? Hit us up on the socials. Tell us what you think. Um, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Our handle is Supersonic Chat wherever you look. And also, if you like what you hear and you've got a couple of minutes, give us a rating on Apple Podcasts because it helps our sonic thought experiments to be seen. And even better, if you like what you hear, tell a friend. 
tell a friend to find us and tune in and have a listen to all the things that we talk about. Leon, that was awesome. Uh, Let's go to another gig real soon. If you're out there, please support live music. Please support bands. Buy some merch. Get out and see some bands. Buy a ticket to something. And we look forward to your company next time on Supersonic Chat.